Oh, is he really? Yeah. So you guys are going to start meeting every Tuesday night? Or? Nice. Well, he knew that Lonnie and I come here. Mm-hmm. And uh, on Wednesday. So he's been coming here every Tuesday. Yeah, that's awesome. So absolutely, we'll be in prayer for that. Yeah. Putting on the full armor of God, right? Breastplate of righteousness, right? All those things that we sword, the word of God. Helmet of salvation. Oh, man, what a blessing. There's nothing there? Hmm, weird. Well, I'll try to print it again. Excuse me for a second, guys. That happened earlier, too. All right. I'm going to print. Well, hopefully that prints. So, but we're going to be in Psalm uh, 104 uh, this evening. <clears throat> Psalm 104. Love the title of this. Praise to the Sovereign Lord for His creation and and providence. You know, if we uh, consider what we're what's being said here, um, the psalmist often uh, goes back to God as the Creator, uh, and then we'll praise Him as the Provider. So it's Creator, Provider, Creator, Provider. Um, you know, when we can see that everything's being described here. Uh, regarding the world and its creation, but we can also place ourselves in that, that we are created by him and provided for uh, by him. And uh, when when we can uh, rest in knowing, uh, as we're seeing here, as he provides for this earth, that he can, thank you so much, um, that he can uh, meet our needs uh, as we, uh, thank you, as we walk with him in this life. So Lord, we just ask that you would open our eyes to your truth, and that we would be blessed and led by your spirit as we study your word together. In Jesus' name, amen. So the Lord can provide for us. You know, when we see uh, this psalmist writing of God having control over uh, everything to do with the heavens, to do with the waters, to do with the earth, and feeding animals, and all these things as we get through these, and uh, just to know that same God that's that takes care of all of these big things, takes care of the minute details of our lives. Um, you know, as we're reading through that, uh, just be mindful of those things. You know, when, when Jesus tells us that, you know, he knows our needs. You know, we can, you can look at the, at the birds and everything and, and, and think of how God provides for them. They don't have to work for their food and God provides. And we're worth so much more than these birds, right? There's, there's so much here that we can take and apply to our lives, and, and uh, we understand how powerful He is and who He is, um, and then uh, and and uh, the care, the careful care for creation, uh, and so much more. Creation around us was made for us, right? You know, we weren't made for it. Uh, this everything we have here was was made for us to enjoy, for us to look at uh, and recognize God. Right. Uh, and, and that's an amazing thing that when we look around in man's pride, we've looked around. Uh, this is like the end of it. <laughs> yeah. But but essentially uh, uh, man's pride says no way, no way, because if I if I have to admit that, that there's a creator, then I'm accountable to him. 
And if I'm accountable to him, then I have to do what he says and not what I want to do. So if we were just as mankind, if we reject that, then we can do whatever we want, make up our own rules and uh, we can make up our own truths. Right. And, and we don't have to submit to the one truth that comes from him, uh, because that seems too exclusive, especially for this world where truth is all relative based on what we want uh, or, or what we want to believe or, uh, you know, those things that cater to our needs versus us yielding our will to a creator. So uh, as we read here, you know, the, the, the focus here is on God as the creator and the provider. And uh, what it should do is, is um, spark a, a uh, you know, a fire uh, within us to, that, that has a better understanding of how intricate uh, we are and how he provides for all our needs. So uh, verse 1 of Psalm 104 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. <clears throat> o Lord, my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. So the psalmist uh, begins, and we don't know who this psalmist is. Sounds a lot like David um, when you read it, but he usually it usually says a psalm of David or a psalm of Asaph. So we don't know, um, but uh, ultimately it's the Lord, right? Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord, my God, uh, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. And it begins here, as we've seen in many psalms, with the command to the soul to bless the Lord. Um, that's us taking control of our hearts and minds and not letting our emotions control us. Grab our emotions, right? When we wake up in the morning and we're maybe not feeling like getting up and practicing our faith, not feeling like getting up and ministering to anybody, not feeling like you know coming to church and greeting people, not feeling like doing all these things and say, wait a minute, who do I serve? Do I serve my own heart, my own flesh, my feelings, or do I serve God? No, I need to take these thoughts captive and bring them into the, the obedience of Jesus Christ is what we really need to do. We need to say, no, I'm going to take all that junk of self-service and self-love out, and I'm going to say, I'm not following these things that are leading me astray, these feelings, these, uh, uh, you know, the, the things that I want, my will. No, we submit our will. It, like Jesus said in the model prayer, right? Not, you know, thy will be done, right? Uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That we would sacrifice our will every single day to the will of the Father. You know, Jesus said, uh, if you want to follow after me, you know, take up your cross uh, daily and follow after me. You know, that, 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 uh, that taking up a cross, that, that, that means bearing something and saying, you know what? Here I go. You know, I've got, I've got to go to work today. And I, that work is, I'm in I'm in a, a battle with my own flesh. And sometimes our flesh is when when we wake up is telling you you're depressed today. You know, our our our, our flesh is telling us, you know, you're um you're uh, uh anxious today. You're all wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I'm going to begin this day thanking the Lord. Because when we begin that you know each day with a mindset of bless the Lord oh my soul, uh that's us saying to our soul, no you don't dictate you know, the, the way the day this this day goes, God dictates how this day goes. And uh, I'm not going to follow my own flesh. I mean, look, look where our flesh leads us, right? Right into, we tie ourselves in, in mental or emotional knots uh, when we follow our flesh. But if we wake up and we start in the day saying, good morning, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for what you've given me. I ask you to please, you know, rule and reign over my heart today. You know, when we when we start our day that way, 
we're starting it the right way. Um, we can we can get up and go. Oh, I can't believe I got to go to work. I can't believe. No, you know I have a job. Uh, you know I have a, I have a way to provide for me, provide for my family. I've, uh, you know, I get up and I've got a mission to do. I've got stuff to do today. And, you know, how's the Lord uh, going to use me today? I don't know, but I'm going to make myself available to it. We have the ability to to control uh, our thoughts. We we do have the ability. When we, when we catch something going astray, say, wait a minute, where is this from? Is this from the Lord or is this from the wicked one? Is this Is this driving me away from Christ? Then we can say, okay, that's condemnation. That's from the wicked one. Because there's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. If I'm, if there's a conviction on my heart, then I go, oh Lord, I, I don't know what what this is, but something I've got to confess to you. I lift it up to you, and I know it's gone. Yeah, you know, I confess this to you, and I ask your forgiveness. And once we've confessed it, and we've added, those are two things that are important. Not just asking forgiveness, confessing and forsaking that, uh, and then and then asking forgiveness of it, and and then just walking forward. Maybe we're you know, whatever it is. But uh, just having the right mindset, commanding our soul. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna bless the Lord and ask God to give me a proper perspective on the day. And uh, you know, just just that mindset, getting in prayer and thanking Him, even if it's for a few minutes. You know, if you need an outline, then then pray uh, the model prayer. Just go through that. And slow down and meet. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, it's done, right? You know, and I'm done. I prayed in all those things. But what do those things mean, right? You know, our Father who art in heaven. Okay, well, well, okay. So now He's my Father, and where is He? He's in heaven, and He's. And then I realize, wait a minute, He's living with within me, right? Hallowed be Your name. You know, that praised be Your name. Let Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right, reminding ourselves whose will are we following today? Right, give us this day our daily bread. Thank you, Lord, for providing. Right, uh, and forgive us our trespasses. You know, we can confess forsake and ask forgiveness and 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 start the day that way as we forgive those who trespass against us <laughs> that's a tough one right right we can go to the lord and say god help me forgive them because i can't do it on my own right lead us not into temptation lord you know my weaknesses lead me not into that temptation lead, that means steer me away from that i i the lord doesn't lead us into temptation god doesn't do that our enemy tempts us the Lord may test us, but that tempt to, temptation to sin, God doesn't do that. All right, that's our enemy trying to make us fail. God will test our faith. You're going to listen? You're going to step out on the water when I tell you to? You know, those types of things. Those are tests from the Lord to do what he's, you know. So where were we? Uh, at least not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You know, keep us safe. Uh, you know, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That sets, even if we just pray that. Just slow down and pray those things deep from deep within our being and not just, you know, tape recorder, hit play. Okay, boom, done, prayed, and I'm off. But committing the day to the Lord and just saying, Lord, use me today. That's it. That's a simple prayer that we can pray uh, to him. It says, for you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty. Very great. Um, there's a um, casual approach to God. Uh, especially here in this nation, where we just go, yeah, the big guy up in the sky, you know, the big man upstairs. He's not a man, right? Jesus Christ walked in this on this earth as a man. He is God. He's created man, right? So when we understand, wait a minute, he's 
the creator. He's the, the, the great one that we serve rather than the man that we may go uh, and, you know, that that we're that we're trying to you know bring God down more to our level. Uh, and we're yes, he came down and became one of us, but he was still God in the flesh, one to be praised, one to be followed. Um, but but that mindset of, of understanding that he is very great and that he's not just the big guy upstairs, um, but very much understanding how great he is, where it says you're clothed in, ma- in honor and majesty, earthly kings pale in comparison to the Lord. Right? You guys have watched, right? You can watch a uh, presentation of, of royalty, right? And specifically, you might see it more in England, right? Because I don't know very many other countries that really make a big hoopla about um, you know, the kings or whatever. I mean, for us, it might be our political leaders, you know, where uh, you, you might see the president coming and, you know, although they, they make big deals, you know, when the president's coming, th- those types of things. But just to understand uh, who God is and that um, that earthly kings and any uh, type of, uh, you know, principality, uh, earthly principality or uh, anybody that's in any type of political power uh, pale in comparison to him. Consider what was written in Isaiah 6.1. It says, in the year of King Uzziah, uh, that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on the throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. You know, think of that. You know, that that Isaiah was was given a glimpse uh, into heaven. Revelation chapter four, uh, John wrote uh, verse three, he says, and he who sat there uh, on, on the throne was like a jasper and a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. You know, that's that's honor and glory. That's not of this world. Uh, where, where, when you're talking about this, you know, rainbow over the throne of God, uh, he's thrown, he is uh, clothed in honor and in majesty. Uh, he's very great. Uh, he's not just the big guy upstairs just waiting for a meeting uh, with us. You know, those types of things. Yes, he can't wait for us to be in his presence. You know, and and someday we will be. We can't wait to be in his presence, right? We look at scripture; it tells us we're already there. Uh, which is which will blow our mind because we exist in, in time inside this time space and matter. But uh, you know where God sees uh, all the way in the past, present, and future uh, in front of Him, He can already see us there. Uh, so that's something to to consider. I mean, He is very great. Uh, you know, where there may be people on this earth that are are big and powerful and and have power, but that it all it all pales in comparison to Him. That was a long uh, explanation of verse one, but uh, verse two, uh, who cover yourself with light as with a garment who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. God is light. First John chapter one, verse five says, this is the message which we have heard from you and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So when we say, see here, you cover yourself with light as with a garment. God is himself, himself is light. Uh, you know, there's no darkness uh, to him at all. You know, it's uh, and then it says who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Uh, that's a great God uh, that, that would stretch out the heaven just like a curtain. Right. Uh, where, uh, you know, I can always hear my daughter downstairs when she's opening her curtain uh, because she's very violent about it. It's, it's, they're on this pulling area. Rip, 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 rip. Right. And I hear these curtains opening up. Right. And it's nothing to him, but for God to stretch out, you know, or lay out the the the, the heavens uh, as a curtain, uh, that's that's a, a power that 
that uh, is very difficult, I think, for us to comprehend. Uh, we, we get glimpses into it, but to understand. Uh, and then you think about the intricacies of where everything is and, and how it's all spaced apart. And, oh, wait, if, this, if the earth was tilted just this much, we'd either freeze or burn to death. Right, it, we're, that we're uh, what is it, six degrees on its axis, uh, on its yeah ax, axis, right? Yeah, I mean we're we're tilted, maybe it's three degrees. I don't know. We're tilted just perfectly, right? So we're not freezing or burning to death, right? Will has it all locked down, uh, and he can tell you better than I can. But God, the the great Creator, um, he is uh, he's greater than his creation is is really what this is saying that he can stretch out the heavens like a curtain. Because we could look up and go, wow, just the other day um, we were outside. Uh, we had just pulled in uh, from Ashley's track meet. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Uh, and uh, and we look up at the sky and Ashley's like, do you see that up in the sky? Every time somebody said that to me, I'm like, the answer is no. I, I never see it, right? Unless it's like a big dot, right? If it's the International Space Station, that's the only thing blinking or, you know, it's lit up there. I can never really put together the constellations. I just can't do it. I've never been able to. Sometimes like the Big Dipper, I'm like, okay, I see that there. Everything else, she's like, see, it looks like an arrow up there. And I'm like, sure. She's like, see, it's straight ahead and you can never get the same perspective. But just to think, all those things lit up, right? Lit up. And uh, it's, it's just that our God, uh, the, the great God that can stretch out the heavens like that. And they're there and they make sense, right? That, 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 that they're there and that there's perfect order, the great God. He lays, verse 3, the beams of his upper chambers in the waters. He makes the clouds his chariot who walks on the winds, uh, wings of the wind. Uh, you know, strong and, and powerful words here uh, that are, are, are said. Uh, now, uh, this may, when you, when you see, you know, who makes the clouds his chariot, uh, who walks on the wings of the wind. Um, you know, there, there's quite a bit here, even before that in verse 3, where it speaks of uh, the beams. Uh, anybody who's a builder here understand uh, the, what's being described here. And when we get into it further, we'll see foundation being uh, a foundation being laid and beams that are being spoken of here, uh, the beams of his upper chambers uh, in the water. So there's a, there's a lot here uh, for us to wrap our minds around. Uh, and, and we'll see that uh, unfolding a little bit further. But where it says here, who makes the clouds his chariot and uh, who, who walks on the wings of the wind, uh, the high priest asked Jesus, are you uh, the Christ, son of the blessed? In Mark chapter 14, verse 62, Jesus said, uh, I am, and you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power of God and coming with the clouds of heaven. You know, where this is saying that he makes the clouds his chariot, right? The chariot would be something that you would ride on. Uh, and Jesus Jesus even says that he's coming uh, in the clouds. First Thessalonians 4, 4, verses 16 through 18 say, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel. This is speaking of Christ's return. And with uh, the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ uh, will rise first. Then we uh, who are alive and remain shall be caught up uh, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus uh, we shall always be with the Lord to be raptured up, right? Therefore, comfort one another in these words. But to meet the Lord in the air, for him to come and call up his church to meet him in the air. Where? In the clouds. 
right? The, the clouds are at his command. Uh, everything is at his command. It's not like God created everything and then, oh, hey, I've lost control of everything. No, he's the creator. He's in control of all of these things. The Lord uh, calling us to him, to meet him together in the clouds. Verse 4, who makes his angels spirits. He His ministers a flame of fire. This his is speaking of the Messiah. Now, if you come, if you couple this with Hebrews chapter one, verses six and seven, it says, "But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him." And of the angels, he says, "Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire?" This means that Jesus Christ is the creator of the angels. When you couple this, what's being said here, and then when you look at Hebrews going back and speaking of who Jesus Christ is, and you 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 link those two things together, uh, the writer of Hebrews is claiming that Jesus Christ is the creator of the angels. Uh, you know, this confirms the deity of Jesus Christ, and uh, he is greater than the angels themselves. Angels, heavenly beings, but still servants of God. They're uh, with, with him as the creator of them, and they're, they're ministers of, for him, the angels go out and they do as they're told to do. Uh, but but uh, interesting to tie this to uh, a a New Testament verse uh, or uh, reference, right? A a, um, a portion of scripture in Hebrews chapter one, where it even says in verse seven, uh, in the angels and uh, of the angels, he says, "Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire?" Speaking of Jesus Christ, that that he is the creator of the angels. Uh, you know, that's that's uh, and you go through and you start reading in Hebrews, and we understand who Jesus Christ is and the deity of Christ. Uh, then it puts everything into an even deeper light for us in our uh, in our understanding and knowledge of Him. Uh, if if you want to know more of of what who Jesus is and what He accomplished uh, in His uh, in His mission here on this earth, that all the all the uh, earthly sacrifices uh, were 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 pictures of of Christ, and and that uh, there's a priesthood, and that He's a um, his uh, his priesthood is a superior priesthood to the priesthood of of mankind. I mean, go through and and I, I did a, a course on on Hebrews and was very blessed uh, by that uh, by that course. It was a, a four hundred level um, Moody Bible Institute uh, course, and and that I I have the stuff, and I even want to go back and look into uh, even uh, again and and to be sharpened even more. Uh, but just to understand who Jesus Christ is and what he accomplished, uh, it, it, it'll give you a greater insight and greater understanding of who he is uh, because the scriptures declare that he's the creator of the angels. Verse 5, you who laid the foundations of the earth. We talked about that uh, back uh, before. We see the pillars uh, and now the foundation uh, that's being here. Of course, we're going to have a foundation before we have pillars. Um, but but when we see these things, we can understand their purposes a little bit more and understand what this is saying as we go through. But you who laid the foundations of the earth so that it uh, it should not be moved forever, you covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke, they fled. At your voice of uh, the voice of your thunder, they hastened uh, away. Uh, so where it's speaking here, he laid the foundations, uh, should not be moved uh, forever. That strong foundation, 
when when you consider when uh, Jesus Christ said, you know, the wise man builds upon the rock. You know, a, a foolish man's going to build on sand. Uh, you you want to have a firm foundation, and what this is saying is, you who laid the foundations of the earth, so that it should not be moved forever. Uh, and then that same Creator that laid the foundations of the earth, so that it would not be moved forever, told us, follow my instruction. When you can look into the Scripture and understand what He did, then uh, then we can understand. Oh, so I need to build my life on the firm foundation of Christ as the rock. Right, I, I don't want to build it on sand because this, the the wind and waves, the the storms are going to come. And if I'm my life, my house is built on sand. When the bad times come, the hard times come, my house, my faith is going to collapse, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be you know whisked away wherever the sand goes. You know, you ever ever looked at something like a. Uh, the flash floods, and you look at how fast that's going. I mean, you got cars flipping over and running, and all that stuff. But then you can sometimes see right in the middle of it that rock, that rock, and someone will run to that rock and they can stand. And there's waves going all around them, and they're standing there. They can stand there in safety. Those winds and waves, Jesus said, are going to come. It says when those things come, build on that foundation, right? So we get that. We get the example for that by from the Lord Himself. You know, our our enemy challenges the the word of God. Uh, even at the, the the very first verse of the Bible, yeah, it says it, it very. The Bible starts off with "In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth." Chapter one of Genesis, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Where did He take? I mean, just he goes right into that, especially in our culture here, uh, and rips the Bible out of schools. And then uh, when the Bible gets ripped out, introduce. Um, the theory of evolution. Evolution's never been proven, you know. Regardless of what our teachers may have told us, regardless of what anybody says, evolution is a theory. It has never been proven. There, there, science. You can prove facts within within uh, you know science and and those things. And but what you're going to find, if you want to follow science, is you're going to find a creator behind it. Right. And science has grown to the, the to the point where they're saying, wait a minute, this whole evolution thing is broken way down. and We need to step away from that. OK, intelligent design. OK, it can't be God. It's aliens. We've talked about that. Right. Uh, but there, there can't be a God. Right. There couldn't be one that just made this. And if there is one, it's an alien. It's not God. OK, well, what's the aliens rules? You know, and, 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 and you know, what are, what are they doing? You know, was it one alien? Well, you know, Bible declares that there's one God. And that there's nobody else beside him, right? So when we understand that the enemy wants us to question the word of God from chapter 1, verse 1 of the Bible. In the, in the beginning, God created the heavens and you laid the foundations of the earth. You know, And when this is describing creation, you laid the foundations of the earth so that it uh, should not be moved forever. You covered it uh, with the deep as with a garment. You know, The waters stood above the mountains. Um, God spoke the earth and the seas into existence. Laid the foundations of the earth and where it says, you know, when, when we get through and we've already seen words like foundations, beams, curtains, we've seen water system, right? You could, you could look at all those things and go, oh, a builder would need all those to build a building, right? And uh, the, the psalmist is, is uh, just showing uh, how God using these things as examples and uh, to 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 speak of of the glory of God and His His wisdom, the waters and the land uh, were 
uh, put in place at his command. He controls them. Even says here in verse 8, uh, they went up over the mountains. They went down into the valleys to the place which uh, you founded uh, for them. You have set a boundary that they may not pass over, that they uh, may not return to cover the earth. So, um, you know, water did go over the mountains in the flood. And uh, when we see uh, in Genesis chapter 1, the waters were separated at creation. You know, go back and, and, and read in there. Uh, how the Lord separated uh, the waters, you know, God and, and concerning the flood, God promised that the, the, he would never flood the earth again like he did before. He set a boundary uh, for the waters. So consider consider how devastating water is. Um, recently, we had uh, a family here within the church uh, that had water pouring into their their basement. And when I say pouring, it's like it's like there's a fountain running into their into their basement. And uh, their floor that they had put down was, was kind of was a floating different. And they even made a joke like, hey, our floating floor is actually floating, right? You'd step on it and those little boards are moving and everything, right? And, you know, when water gets in, it destroys everything, you know. But think of a, a rushing water. We were talking today of these waters uh, uh, that, that, you know, when you, have you ever seen these devastating waves that can come in? Think of a tsunami, Right. And, and the devastation devastation that comes in in the tsunami or just a big wave. You ever seen like, you know, a reel on the on on the Internet or something where nobody's expecting the big wave and it comes onto the beach and just boosh, everybody's like, whoa, you know, and, and there's chaos and everybody's, you know, trying to find their chairs and, you know, what way it was up and, and all those things. Think of how powerful water is, but it's all at the command of the Lord. For thunder hole, right? Right. Think of that when that splashes up, right? It's all at the command of the Lord. He sets a boundary. You know, He's in control of them. That water's never going to cover the face of the earth like it did uh, before, and uh, that's because God controls even that. Verse ten. He sends the springs into the valleys. They flow among the hills. They give drink to every beast of the field. The the wild donkeys quench their thirst by them. The birds of the heavens have their home. They uh, sing among the branches. He waters uh, the hills from his uh, upper chambers. Uh, the earth is satisfied with the fruit of, of your work. So uh, God as the provider providing for his creation. What we see here is that uh, he has brought water into the springs, into the valleys, and they flow among the hills. Uh, I like to take my my dog for a walk, and we've got a, a nice nature trail in Bucksport. And when I take him for that, he knows where the water uh, runs through. And even in the spring, when all the waters, uh, all the all the snow is um, melting and everything, that water's running fresh. Natalie's always excited. Dad, can I get a drink? And I'm like, Yeah, let's go, and we'll get a drink of water. We haven't gotten sick from it since, you know, yet or anything. Maybe we're supposed to boil that. I don't know. Um, uh, none of us have gotten sick. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she's all excited. She actually brought a cup. She's like, can I bring this? And she's drinking this, this fresh mountain, uh, water that's, that's running off. And like I said, neither of us have gotten, you know, botulism or <laughs> whatever else may be there. Right. But to be able to enjoy that and understand, you know, this is all part of a system that the Lord has created. And man, my dog loves to get in there and he'll, he'll play around in the water and just get soaked. And, uh, he, he take a drink and everything. And sometimes he's not smart enough to know, like, no, the deep water's right there. You can just lay down in it. 
uh, and he'll just he just keeps running around and you know he'll go into the place where there's little spots of mud. He's a lab, you know. He wants to play and get muddy and everything. But when you consider what this is talking about uh, of the springs, you know that they can go into the valley, that they flow among the hills. Uh, even my dog knows, you know, hey, there's some water here and we'll pull over because it's a it's a good little little walk and, and everything. And he's ready for some water and he'll play in that and we'll get water. Uh, we're upstream from him because he's gross. Right. <laughs> you know, he's he's slobbering all through it. I'm sorry. You know, he can tell me uh, that a dog has a cleaner mouth than I do. I've seen what dogs eat and what they do. I don't want to share with them. So as long as I'm upstream. Right. OK. Enough. But uh, these these waters, right? They provide for God's creation. The animals, the birds. Um, when we understand, you know, by them the the uh, the birds of of heaven um, have their home. They sing among the branches, and and uh, there there's a lot here uh, that we can we can look at and just see that God is providing for uh, His creation. It's all part of His system. Guys, think of the think of the the um, the the gymnastics we had we, we when I say we mean uh, I mean mankind that wants to reject that there's a creator of all these things and that we're accountable to him the gymnastics uh, that we have to do mentally to try to make this all make sense because it doesn't make sense it's insanity to look at creation you know the fool says in his heart there is no God right it's foolishness and where does foolishness lead us to that type of stupid thing to say, oh, you know what, this all just came to be. You know, goo uh, became this thing, and then, you know, we be, we came from fish. Then why are fish still around, right? And there's all kinds of these, these big things that you've got to, you know, make all these things up to make them all make sense, and it just doesn't make sense. No transitionary fossils. All these things, right? It all points to a god. Uh, and and we just in our pride and and uh, not wanting to submit to him try to make up. But think of these things, you know, all these waters that the springs go into the valley and they flow in uh, among the hills and they're they're giving water to beasts and wild donkeys to quench their their thirst and you know by them the the birds of the heavens have their home right and they sing and they, you know they're they're well even uh, provided for. You know, there, there's there's great provision of the Lord. You know, he waters his hills from his upper chambers. That's a poetic way of saying God's pouring out his water. Uh, and uh, the earth is satisfied with the works, uh, the fruit of your works. Verse 14, he causes the grass to grow uh, for the cattle and vegetation for the service of man that he may bring forth food uh, from the earth, you know, the Lord of all creation, the provider. It's even talking, you know, we're talking about some some basic things that we take for uh, massive, uh, massively for granted. Uh, we don't understand how uh, reliant upon you know, good water we are until we lose power, right? You lose power and like, wait a minute, I can't even flush the toilet. How do we flush the toilet, right? Unless you have a generator, just pick that out, okay, right? Uh, so, but, you know, we, we, we've got generators and we can, you know, the water pump will still work and everything. But when that first went out and my generator wouldn't start, I had some, some brothers that I'm reaching out to like, yeah, guys, can you help? But in the meantime, my daughter uh, comes out, Ashley goes, Dad, the water's rushing right in the gutter. Couldn't we just go get some water out of that, grab our water bottle? I'm like, she's like, gee, I'm a great survivor. I would survive and everything. She's like, you guys would all be dead. She's like, and I'm like, and I'm like, you know what? You're absolutely right. So we, <laughs> we go down, 
we go down and we start filling up water. You know, and I live amongst uh, four, young, four young women. And uh, not having a toilet is a big deal, right? When we start to understand, you know, and how reliant upon water we are, when we don't have these things, right? We don't have the basic necessities, water, grass, you know, that, that livestock may be. It, everything changes, right? Consider how precious. Farmers love rain. Right. Of course, not way too much rain where it's going to drown thing out. But but we may complain in the spring, but farmers are like, bring it on. I need this for my crops. Right. That God God is providing. Right. And then then we see grass grow. It turns from this nasty brown stuff that my wife loves when it comes around uh, in, in the spring. And all of us will look and we just see brown. Right. And everybody's just like, oh, I see is brown. She's ready. She's a North Carolina girl. She's ready for green. Right? She's ready for green right now, and it's February. We know it's a month and a half, two months away, right? You know, it's still a little ways away before we start seeing green and everything. But that for that fresh grass, uh, you know, green grass that it provides for the cattle. You can just let them out, you know, grass fed, and uh, and that vegetation is is going to fatten them up. And then we get excited because a fat cow means good meat, right? You know, and, and that thing's going to be taken out and, you know, might buy a cow or whatever or any of us that that, that like steak. And I, I'm sorry if you're a vegetarian, but um, grass is good for you, too, if you want it. But um, anyways, I'm just kidding <clears throat> that he may bring forth food from the earth. Right. You know, the, that uh, the, the vegetation for them to eat uh, and we can thank him for his provision. Are you guys seeing something here? God is a God of balance and order, uh, you know, where he's created everything and there is such an order to it. It's crazy that we'd want to try to describe him in any other way or, or describe creation that it just came to be. It's, it's nonsense. It doesn't make sense at all. God, uh, the balance and order of the Lord <clears throat> verse 15 and, and, uh, as God's providing. And it says, uh, verse 15 and wine that makes glad the heart of man oil, uh, to make his face shine and bread, uh, which strengthens man's heart. Uh, you know, consider these things, uh, you know, wine. Uh, now, now wine in and of itself, um, some people, I, I can't tell you that, uh, that no Christian should ever, uh, there isn't a command in the scripture that says uh, that, that somebody uh, must not drink alcohol. They can't, right? Uh, that, that a Christian can't drink. Um, but there is a command against drunkenness, right? Uh, should we? Now, I'll give you these verses. Uh, Proverbs 20, verse 1 says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is a brawler. What it means is when someone drinks wine, it's going to bring out mockery from us and toward us, right? Because we become fools when we come under its power. Strong drink is a brawler, right? How many times you ever heard somebody gets drunk, starts a fight, right? Um, and we've talked about this before. I, I remember Ken Graves saying this years and years ago. He's like, when is the ever, first time you ever heard, or the last time I should say, you ever heard somebody getting drunk and just going doing something great for somebody? Here to mow your lawn, right? We do foolish things when we're drunk. Foolish things come from us. So where this is saying here, uh, you know, wine that makes uh, glad the heart of man, we have to understand. Uh, even, even wine in Jesus' day. Right. It's 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 not as fermented as it is today. Right. Watered down even more. It's the, it's just the blood of grape. 
but but drunkenness we see in the scripture is strictly forbidden. Strictly forbidden. <clears throat> strictly, it, it's not to be uh, something that that uh, that we uh, partake in. Much like any other thing, right, that we sometimes uh, do here. But wine, I'll, I'll say now, and 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 alcohol. Uh, some with with uh, can can uh, you know enjoy a glass of wine and and it not be a stumbling block to them. Others can't. My advice to you is knock it out of your life completely. Just have nothing to do with it. Right? It, it, it's it, we're we're never going to be under its power if we don't partake in it. Right? If we don't give it an opportunity uh, to be under its power, because what does it do? Right. Remember in Proverbs where uh, where uh, it's being said there that 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 glass of wine that swirls around. Right. And it's just swirling. It's sparkling and it's calling. It's driving you in. Right. And then it's going to take us and we're under its power. Right. Have to be very careful with these types of things. Makes glad the heart of man. Um, but it also when when uh, it, it can bring somebody under its power. My advice to you is have nothing to do with alcohol in any any way, shape, or form. Just be done with it. Have let it have nothing to do with your life. I came to that point um, uh, when uh, by the time I was 21 years old, I was done with it, and I knew every time I drank it was wrong. Um, but uh, but man, the freedom! I don't have to worry. You know, I remember one time as a uh, as a teenager, I, I went to school and I got to college. I was uh, 17. Um, because my, my birthday is, is, uh, in October, I graduated, uh, as a 17 year old and I'm in college at 17 years old. That was a bad thing. I was immature and I'm in college and I've got friends that are old enough to go get alcohol. And I could have very easily got into a point where I was doing stupid stuff. I remember being one time going to, uh, a, a, a club and forgetting that I was the one that drove there. Thankfully, somebody uh, was smart enough to, 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 to not drink. But consider at 17, I might have just turned 18 at that point. You know, what, what, what could have happened in my life, right? You know, what, what the outcome could have been, right? It, it just, just when we see here something like that, um, uh, you know, some people may take that and say, look, wine makes, uh, you know, glad the heart of man. Uh, and, uh, and, and then say, what, what do people do? They travel, they follow down that road and then, oh, wait a minute, now I'm under its power. Uh, so my advice to you is just avoid it uh, altogether. Verse, uh, uh, and then it goes on to say, oil to make his face shine and uh, bread which strengthens man's heart, right? Oil of gladness and the bread for physical strength. Uh, you know, may we may receive... Uh, we are going to receive our true gladness from the presence of the Lord in our lives. I know when we start looking for something else as the source of our gladness, something that is going to fulfill our lives, anything else, anybody else, uh, we're going to find ourselves at a point of idolatry where we're putting something in front of God and it's more important to me than, than God himself. When I'm saying, well, this relationship is worth more than me and it's going to bring me more fulfillment than my obedience to God will. Uh, no, that's that's not what we're called to do. Uh, he is the creator, and he provides for us good things. But uh, when we consider uh, that the scriptures say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, uh, that, that we should be living. Uh, we need bread. Those are things that we need for physical strength. 
but we uh, should uh, focus more on the true gladness and fulfillment we have in the Lord. Verse 16, the trees of the Lord are full of sap, uh, the cedars of Lebanon, which he planted where the birds uh, make nests. Uh, the stork has her home in the fir trees. So the trees there, we see they're productive and full. That word sap was added. It's not in the original Hebrew. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, tree huggers <laughs> always get a kick. Tree huggers want to deny uh, God, uh, but he's the one who actually put them there. This is declaring that uh, he's the one that planted the cedars of Lebanon. You know, don't touch this thing. You know, these things created us. And no, no, the Bible says he created them, right? And the foolish heart's going to say, no, 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 these things just came to be. Uh, and uh, when we see the, the production that, that comes from them, that they're full, is, is really what it is. So the trees of the Lord are full, the cedars of Lebanon, uh, which are planted. So that's what it says. So that was added um, for context uh, there with sap. But, you know, sap in and of itself, is, if it's meant to be there. Sap is a good thing, right? People are uh, tapping into it, and they're they're getting uh, nutrients and getting you know uh, things. People will tap into a tree, and you know everybody here. Uh, well, I just can't say everybody here, but uh, you know maple syrup, right? You tap into a tree and get something uh, from that. Even verse uh, eighteen, the high hills are for the wild goats. Uh, the cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers. So rock badger, high racks. Uh, looks like a little, um, uh, like a gopher type thing there. But uh, uh, mountain goats, uh, I remember a friend saying they, they went uh, somewhere. I think they were in like Idaho. He and his brother were hunting somewhere. And they get up there and they're like, mountain goats are huge, right? And, I mean, those things are, are not your little things that you might see at a farm. And he's like, they're scary, man. He's like, you don't want one of those things coming after you. You know, the high hills are for, for those things. And it's just speaking of the majesty of God and his uh, the wonder of his creation. Verse uh, 19, he appointed the moon for seasons. The sun knows it's going down. Genesis chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 said that the Lord said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day uh, from the night. Let uh, them be for signs and seasons and for days and years. Let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens uh, to give light to the earth. And it was so. Uh, those things aren't to be worshipped. Uh, as many of the weird, uh, there are weird uh, uh, religions that will worship the sun, the moon, the stars, and all those things. No, uh, God put them there uh, for seasons, and it even says the sun knows it's going down. Uh, and uh, you know, these I love the poetry within here, that, but they speak so much of, of the genius of God. It even says in verse, as we pick up verse 20, you make darkness and uh, it's and, uh, and it is night in which uh, all the beasts of the forest creep about. You know, darkness, uh, when you consider what darkness is, darkness is the absence of light. Right. So uh, but we know that there's uh, nocturnal beasts. You know, you might look at like bats, raccoons. I, I, I learned that raccoons are are. Um, I, I learned firsthand more so 
uh, that they were uh, creatures of the night when uh, we lived at our trailer in Bucksport. We spent 10 years in this uh, this trailer, a big 16 by 80 thing, and, and this was our first our first home that we bought for our kids. It was like two years old, and uh, somebody I don't I, they moved. They uh, were smart, moved to Florida. They were you know warm down there, right? So we, we bought this thing, and, and that was our home for 10 years. But, man, we learned what raccoons were because we had our trash cans out there. And uh, I wasn't smart enough for some reason to put them inside the, the outdoor storage we had. But I'd just leave them out there, and, and they're always getting into them. And sometimes I had so much fun. You know, I, I'd get out there, and I'd squirt them with a, a water gun or something like that and, and just have fun with them. But then it was always cute when the mother would come by, and they're the babies and everything, and they're cute. They were cute until they start ripping everything apart, you know, and, and then I'm just trying to get them out of there. And, uh, yeah, I didn't even think then of, you know, okay, how, how should I do this? What should I be doing to get these things out of here? Right. Uh, but I learned when do they come? They come at night. You know, you think of skunks, right? You start smelling those in the middle of the night, you know, those creatures uh, that are, uh, are creeping about at, at night, uh, that, uh, the Lord, uh, you make the darkness and those things, uh, they're designed, and that's that's what they do. They're they're walking around at night and doing their thing. Verse twenty one says, "The young lions roar after their prey and uh, seek their food from God." You know, God provides for the lions. You know, you think of lions—the tremendous skill and the power and speed of a lion. Um, I recently, uh, I think it was my brother might have sent it, or I, I saw this reel, uh, and it's it's so fast that you have to watch it a few times to understand. They're on this, I believe it's in probably in Africa, and there's this vehicle stopped, and you just see these two things. There's uh, there's tall grass in either direction, and you see the tall grass coming, and there's like an antelope, and the other one's a, a, a uh, lioness coming, and you just see the perfect time. You ever watch football, the, the perfect timing of a hit. The guy catches the ball, and bam, gets nailed. This is one of those things that you actually, it's so fast that I had to watch it. I wish I could slow it down. But this thing gets hit, and that 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 lion was such a skilled hunter that it knew exact timing. And they're coming in different directions. You know, you've got this thing coming, and this thing comes right in front of the safari jeep or whatever, and bam, takes it. Sorry, um, and it just runs this, and you just see the boom, and and you, everybody I showed it to in my family, they're all like, oh, you know, watching. Of course, it's a little bit like, oh, you know, I live in, with four girls, and they feel kind of bad. But I'm sitting there looking like, look how skilled this hunter is, right? That thing's dead pretty quickly. That thing might have just had the life blown right out of it from the powerful hit, right? You know, and, and it just rolls it right over. That mighty thing, it gets, it even gets fed by the Lord. Even, even that, that, that lion that roars. They seek their food from God. Verse 22, when the sun rises, they gather together and lie down in their dens. Man goes out and does his work and labor uh, to his labor uh, until uh, the evening. You know that um, you know when you consider the 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 those animals that are on the opposite schedule as us, and we get up in the morning, we're doing our thing, and at night they're out doing their thing. But lions go down; they lay. It's hot. You know they're going to go lie in their dens and uh, get some uh, seek some shade. Now you know they'll come out, um, but any of these animals, you'll just see them go away. They'll. Um, you might see uh, 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 the, uh, the hedgehog, right? The the uh, porcupine. You know, they'll climb up into the tree and they'll sleep. You know, it just they they all go to do their thing, and we get up in the morning. It's all part of a, a system that got, that the Lord created. Verse twenty four. Oh Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. 
The earth is full of your possessions, you know, God's wisdom, his provision as we're going through and what we've studied so far. It's it, all of these things speak of his his wisdom, his power uh, and his provision. Now, this is talking about uh, his works, you know, how manifold are your works and your possessions. They're both him. All things belong to his. Uh, they all belong to the Lord. The heavens declare the glory of, of the Lord. Right. Uh, you know, everything's created uh, in wisdom. He made them all. So when we read something like that, the earth is full of your possessions. It all belongs to God. Uh, we can we can try to, uh, you know, we may think we own this or that. I got five acres and everything. Like, well, God made it. <laughs> you know, it's, it really belongs to the Lord. Verse 25, uh, this great and wide sea in which are innumerable teeming uh, things are are in sorry innumerable teeming things uh, living things both small and great uh, there are ships uh, there the ships sail about uh, there is that leviathan uh, which you have made to play there these uh, all wait for you that you may give them their food in due season so it's speaking of everything within the sea. Uh, we've talked about this. I don't being in the sea is not a comforting thing for me. There's too many weird things that haven't, haven't even been discovered yet. Or, you know, um, jellyfish. We went down to uh, Florida with the Lehman's and we're out there and Christy gets uh, stung by a jellyfish there. Her legs swelling up and everything. You know, I just want to go somewhere. I'm not going to get stung. I'm not going to get bit. You know, all those things. But when you consider all the things that are in the ocean, right, it's an amazing thing. As long as I'm on the other side of the TV screen, right, you got the crazy people that go down there with all the things, and they're comfortable with sharks all around them. And some of them are even hitting the shark on the nose, putting it to sleep while it's swimming. Great. I'm, I'm glad you're doing that. What's happening behind you? You don't know, right? There's all those things that, no, I don't want to go snorkeling. I don't want to do all those things. Am I amazed by them? Yes. You know, you think of with the, the role choral plays and all these things with within these things that God, uh, the, the great creator in his wisdom, that he made all these things, that he provides for all of these things. Right. And it's talking about Leviathan. Uh, you want to get into that. Do a, a search, a Bible search of Leviathan. And uh, you'll see uh, some answers here. And in uh, Isaiah uh, 27, Job 41, uh, Psalm 74, where Leviathan is, is mentioned there. A uh, big sea creature. Uh, some will say dragon. Others will say, well, maybe type, this type of whale, uh, whatever it is, you know, dive in on that. That's not the focus of what we're looking at. But what it's saying is from small to great, God provides for them all, even within the water, because he's talking about, OK, so the earth itself. And then he's talking about the grass, the waters, uh, the animals upon the earth and even inside the waters. God's great, uh, you know, creation and his provision is the focus of of this uh, this psalm. And how great he is. This great God that we serve. Verse 28. Uh, and, and sorry, a little bit of a rabbit trail here. But, uh, you know, go through, read in Isaiah, read through uh, in, in Jeremiah. And and where God is just saying, you know, they, there are, are people that are in idolatry. And specifically at the time, it was Israel in idolatry. And he's saying they placed their faith in something. They just cut down and formed themselves. That thing can't help. You'd call out for it in a time of need. That thing's completely useless. It can't talk. It can't speak. It can't hear uh, any of those things. It can't see anything. But they were willing to, to, to follow that because that's something we can make and go, well, I my God does this. And we can create a God 
God, little g, that, that caters to our needs. But we're so quick to reject the God that actually created and provides uh, in, in those things. But when we have a proper understanding of who he is, it's, it's so silly that we would serve anything other than him. Sinful and wicked. Verse uh, 28 says, uh, what you give them, uh, they gather in. You open your hand, they are filled with good. You hide uh, your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to dust. So God is is in charge of providing, and uh, there's the gathering in. That makes me think of a squirrel, right? You know, squirrels out there shoving things into its mouth, and it gets all big, and they take it away and, and run away. They're gathering those things in. God opens up, and he provides for them. And uh, if the Lord hides his face, uh, then they're troubled. Uh, we want God's favor. We don't want him to turn his face away from us. That's when we, we experience when he's uh, when we're pleased with him and we're walking with him. That's when our lives are plentiful and full. Uh, but it's when the Lord's correcting us. Uh, that's when we're, we're going to be crying out saying, oh, I don't like this. You know, God, would you please restore to me the joy of your salvation? Uh, you know, just just restore me. I, I, I want the plenty, uh, the, the, the plenty that I had uh, in you. You know, God, God may give, bring us to the point of, I, I remember Will sharing with us, there are three very effective things uh, to correct us that God uses, pain, embarrassment, and want. Uh, when we experience those things, and those things can be seen uh, in the story of the prodigal son, when he got brought to the point of pain, embarrassment, want, that, that hunger, uh, 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 the, the pain uh, within his own belly, that, you know, when he's seeing around like, all the pigs are eating better than I am, you know, and and uh, the embarrassment. He's gone. Oh, wait a minute. I was I, this. I was this rich man's son. I was very well provided for. There's an embarrassment. I'm an embarrassment at a place of embarrassment. And I've got to go with my head down to my father and in want and in need. I got to go to him and say, I, my life, I'm empty of everything. Right. He, he, he demanded everything he was going to get, you know, uh, in in his father's will. And he got him and he went. And he, he blew it all. And what brought him to the point of brokenness, pain, embarrassment, and want? You know, and, and when we see something here where we, we, we understand that place of fulfillment in the Lord, uh, and as we walk with him, we can avoid all of that pain, all that embarrassment, all that want, when we find our, our fulfillment in him. But when our eyes turn away, that's when we, we, we're not gathering in. We're not uh, you know, looking to the Lord and, and praising him. And we're, not, we're saying, you know what, my life isn't full enough uh, with the Lord. I'm, I'm going to go fill it with the stuff I want uh, rather than what God wants for us. Uh, God will use things to, tear, to bring us back to him. And this is even speaking of uh, the death that can be uh, a result of, of, of rejecting, the, we can look at it that way, uh, rejecting the Lord in our lives may, may lead us to a point of spiritual or physical death, right? We don't want to experience those things, but uh, you know, we want the face of the Lord. We, we want to experience his goodness. Uh, we don't want him to turn away from us. His face and his presence is all we need, uh, and it's all that creation needs is just the, the presence of the Lord. That's the, the key thing uh, that we should take away from that is in God's presence and from him is, is all that we need to sustain us and provide for us. We don't want to go the way of uh, being troubled or having our breath taken away and, and the death. Those things, uh, we don't want those things. Uh, verse 30, you send forth your spirit. Uh, they, uh, they are, uh, sorry, you send forth your spirit. They are created and you renew 
the face of the earth. So life proceeds from God, life in the spirit, that uh, renewal that we can find uh, in the Lord. Uh, those, those things that we understand that, that in his spirit uh, is creation and renewal. Uh, if we want to be new creations, it comes from the spirit. You uh, That renewal uh, that, that's even on the face of the earth, that can come from the Lord. Uh, he created it. It's never uh, outside of his ability to uh, bring renewal and, and to re, uh, to uh, bring a refreshing even, uh, even to our lives. Verse 31, may uh, the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth and it trembles. He touches the hills and they smoke. You know, all of creation, uh, another part of creation that's being spoken of here with, uh, with uh, you know, touches the hills and, and they smoke. It's all subject to his power and majesty, uh, everything. There's nothing outside of, uh, outside of his power uh, that, uh, that can't be affected by uh, God, and, but may, may the glory of the Lord endure forever. Um, you know, a sinful man may say, you know, oh, we're going to live forever. We're going to create this thing. We're going to find the fountain of youth. And no, youth, and it's never happened, you know, uh, uh, you know, but the glory of the Lord, uh, let that endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in his works. Verse 31, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God uh, while I have my being. Because of his goodness and, and who he is uh, and what he has done, as long as I live, uh, I'm going to praise the Lord. You know, that should be the mindset of every believer. When we understand, when we have that understanding of who God is, that should be the mindset that we would remember. This started with praise the Lord, oh my soul, that command here. And what it's saying is, is that's a lifestyle. That's not just something we do one day here and on the next day. Eh, I'm not really feeling like it. No, every day we praise the Lord. I will sing to him as long as I live. That every day uh, I'm going to sing to the Lord. My life song is going to sing to the Lord. While I'm here on this earth, now that I know him, my life song is going to sing to him. You know, it makes me think of, um, you know, uh, what Joshua in Joshua 24, 15 says. Uh, you know, I don't basically I'm paraphrasing here. You guys can do what you want. But as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. And that that meant I'm going to serve him with my life. It wasn't just like, hey, I'm going to say this and then my life is going to be contrary to that. No, it's literally I'm, I'm declaring that the life song, my life song is going to sing to him. Verse 34, uh, may my meditation be sweet to him. I will be glad in the Lord. You know, that, that our, our focus will be pleasing him uh, with the meditation of our mind, our heart, soul, mind, and strength is what we're called to worship him and to love him with, right? Heart, soul, mind, and strength, that the meditation of our hearts uh, and our minds would be sweet to him. Uh, verse 35, may sinners be consumed on the earth and the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul, praise the Lord. That's how it starts. That's how, that how it ends here. Those that won't repent, God constantly calls out for the sinner to repent. We looked at that this morning, right? God has, you know, look at Ezekiel 33. God has no, uh, he doesn't rejoice in the death, the death of the wicked, right? And we see in Peter that he says uh, that, that he wants all sinners to come to repentance, right? God, God doesn't have this great joy uh, that a sinner wouldn't come there, but you know, he wants us to see the goodness of God. But if we see the goodness of God and we don't want anything to do with it and we won't acknowledge him at some point, he just gives us what we want. Right. You want to reject me? Fine. I'm going to let you go in that direction. Unfortunately for us, we made the wrong decision. 
You know, and when I say us, hopefully that's not true of any of us here. But for those where it's saying, those that are rejecting the Lord uh, to the bitter end, uh, that God doesn't want that. Doesn't want that for our lives. You know, this ends with the command for our soul again. Praise the Lord. L O R D capitalization. Yahweh. Y H W H. Jehovah. People will get in weird convert, like demanding. Oh no, it's this, it's that. Who cares, right? You know, when you consider Y H W, the the division that can come from that. Uh, you know, you know, you come to your conclusion. But that's not something to to cause division over. Uh, I've seen people like bitter at, at each other over those things. And YHWH, you know, where where the vowels don't exist there. Okay, you know, Yahweh, Jehovah. Okay, well, who are you talking about? The God of the Bible? Cool. Awesome. Then we're on the same page here, right? Let there not be division amongst the church over something like that. Good, healthy debate? Awesome. Don't get all heated and, and, and you know, rip each other up over YHWH, you know, ultimately the Lord. Um, Yahweh, you know, Jehovah, it's the God of the Bible. So this mighty God that's full of, as we read here, majesty and honor, he loves each and every one of us. And he's the creator and keeper of all things, where it's describing the heavens, the waters, the earth, uh, the animals within it, everything that's within the waters, us, uh, you know, all these things, uh, just that, that he's the creator of all these things. And to think of how powerful he is and how does it, how is his voice heard? Right. Think of how, you know, how God could talk to us. Right. Uh, if you consider in first Kings 19 that we talked about, you know, and, and, and Elijah says, you know, the voice of the Lord wasn't heard and, and the mighty things and the wind and everything. But I heard him in a still soft voice. He's so mighty, yet he's so tender with us and he's so um, so in tune to us, provides, you know, water, food, shelter, speaks to us through his word. Uh, nourishes our spirits, nourishes uh, our souls, renews our strength, right? All these things that we can see that he does for the earth, he does for us in our lives, that he is our nourishment, that he's put us together. He's put the world together, but he's put us together. You know, fearful, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, the scriptures say, right? Made in his image, carefully put together, right? Where, you know, when the Lord speaks to Jeremiah, he says, before you were even formed in the womb, I knew you. Right. That means he's forming and he's making us even within the womb. You know, he's, you think of, you know, creation and we can look at it and go, it's so big and complex. And uh, yet what is God concerned with? The most minute details of our lives that he knows. You guys know I've said this before, that he knows the numbers of hair uh, that are on our head. We're going to look at that. Matthew chapter 10, verses 29 through 31 say uh, are not. This is the Lord Jesus speaking. He says, are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin? Are not and not one of them falls to the ground apart from your father's will. But the very hairs of your head are numbered. Do not fear, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. God cares about the minute details of our lives. So and he knows us so well that he knows, as it says, the number of hairs on our head. He provides for us, he clothes us, he feeds us. Now, when we consider, uh, you know, how thankful we should be and, and be mindful, you know, that we would bless the Lord, uh, remind ourselves, why should we bless him? Because he's good, right? We can't look every day, okay, God, what have you done for me today? I got to face this, this, or this. No, we just thank him because he's good. And he's, he's given us another day, and we start that day in a thankfulness. God is so good and powerful, wonderful maker. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you 
for your, uh, you know, how you've revealed yourself to your uh, creation and that we can come to know you. Lord, that we can focus on something in, in Psalm 104, uh, the, uh, the sovereignty of our Lord uh, of, over your creation and that you will provide everything that we need. We praise you. We thank you. Help us to trust in you as, as the sovereign Lord and our great provider. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we've got a... Say um, a couple things, but uh, uh, praise and uh, prayer requests.